Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are all about everything that we do is empowering women globally to live a financially free and balanced life. And that is what we are absolutely committed to, right, Andressa? Indeed. We wake up every day and it's like, oh, nothing else to do. Let's empower women to live a financially free and balanced life while they build generational wealth. That's what we chose to do in our lives. That is what we chose to do. That is absolutely true. And this is a mini-sode where you can get a little shot of knowledge or something that is coming up in our business that we want to share with you. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Okay, so I am on for this mini-sode, Andressa. Uh -huh. And we take turns. Andressa and I are very polite with each other. We take turns. Because, you know, quite honestly, we have different experiences, right? We have different things that we know about. And we also are, are living different experiences now. This is not like mm -hmm. 10 years ago. So everything that we share with you is not like, oh, this is like 25 years ago. Yes, we both have been involved in investing for quite some time. And the story sometimes I can pull from years ago, but they're applicable today. So yeah. just a sidebar there. We're active investors along with you. So here's what I have for you today. So this is all about how my husband and I got in and out of a million dollars in debt. Now, well, there you go. I mean, I'm going to be very, 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 very transparent here. I'm not necessarily like 
overly proud of this, right? So as I put this together, and I really, as a thought leader in our space on dress, I think we're going to continually put more out there that is hard to share sometimes, quite honestly. This is not something that I'm like going to put on a flag, but we are here as leaders of our investor communities and founders of our investor community to share with you the good, the bad, the ugly, and just our experiences so we all can keep learning together and grow together. So it's not about just the big wins. It's also sometimes about the tough things. And uh, I think it's really important to be transparent. So, so let's get into this. So, so how did you plan on getting to a million dollar in debt? We did. We put that on our goals list and we said, okay, <laughs> here's what's going to happen. You know, no, you know, it's funny. You really don't set out to do the things that don't necessarily serve you, but then you right. look back and go, okay, how did that happen? And mm-hmm. why did that happen? And, you know, so I'm going to share a little bit about what happened and I'll share some, some questions to ask yourself as you prepare uh, and, and how you manage your own money as well as other people's money. So a couple of things, when we got started, one of the biggest things that propelled us to be perfectly frank, my husband and I did not have a ton of, of cash just laying around. Um, we were in our twenties, you know, we had some savings, um, but it wasn't like the significant amount that so many people now take and put into real estate. Our path was very different. So who did have some money <laughs> or who did have some resources that we tapped into um, were both sets of parents, my parents and, and my husband's parents. Now, my, both of our sets of parents were very middle-class, amazing people, but they also didn't have, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars laying around. So what we leveraged was home equity lines of credit in both of my parents' homes, primary residences. One thing both my parents, both sets of parents did very well on Dressa was they saved really well. Um, They were very good stewards of money and they also had their homes paid off. So when you have your home paid off, as we all know, one of the greatest opportunities is that you're sitting on cash, right? You're sitting on, on, a, on a line of credit that you can potentially use for other things when used properly. And I think it's a wonderful vehicle. So let me tell you how we didn't necessarily use that vehicle the best way possible. We went to Atlantic City and we just like literally gambled all the money. Now I'm totally joking, everyone. Everyone's like, I don't think we'll ever work with these people again. No, I didn't. We didn't gamble the money, of course. No, what we did is we, we had lines of credit. This was 2008. This is, this is, I'm dating myself. Great timing. Yeah, I know. It's great timing, right? 2008, both sets of parents, probably we got about 250, no, it was three, it was three liens. So it was about 750,000 that we were able to get in terms of a line of credit on these homes. I think about this now and I'm like, God, my parents trusted us so much and we were good stewards right. of the money in a sense, but why we got into debt and why I'm calling it debt. We bought real estate, Andressa. Sure, we bought, sure, sure. Right. So it's like we didn't like literally waste this money, but we bought real estate that we were not able to refinance and pull the money out. And when you use a line of credit, we all know the power of lines of credit, but the, the value of a line of credit is that you use the money and then you put the money back. Now, again, we were, I'm not going to just excuse it, but we were in our 20s and we just, we were a bit naive. Um, I don't know if we're, we were as strong as money managers in 2008 as we are now. However, what the lesson there is for us is that we ended up buying long-term assets that didn't, we couldn't add as much value to. Our office building was one of the biggest assets we bought with um, my mother-in-law's line of, line of credit. And so we, we've been paying that off every month. It's not like it ever went in default or anything like that. We've never actually gone in default on anything like that. But it wasn't the best use of money. And I, I call it kind of bad debt in, in a sense, right? We have a line of credit on a long-term asset that we're mm-hmm. paying every month when we could be paying ourselves that cash flow. Sure. It, you know what I mean? And yeah. so 
when you're thinking about a line of credit, so that's about 750,000. We did have some credit card debt as well. And then we had other debt that, again, same type of thing where you're buying a property, you're not adding as much value and you're not able to, to refinance it. So some of those earlier projects for, that's really what, how we were able to, and then I think a couple of flips went south and we had some debt there. So, you know, it was a, it was a multiple different types of bad debt when we were going. What was interesting there is like every time we had something happen that is paid off as of this week, the last line of credit, $230,000 will be paid off. So that million is covered, right? It's all paid back, but it took us some, quite some time, but 2008 minus 2022 when I'm recording this. My point in sharing all this though, I can't say I'm like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. We're so proud of ourselves for having that happen. However, we learned a ton through the process. We always made everything right. We did have a lot of wins to do, to move money here. And it was never like in a default or bankruptcy or thank God, right? Nothing. We were always able to pay our bills and always able to pay what needed to get paid. But in hindsight, here's what I want you to really think about. When you have your line of credit, when you do a line of credit, what is your exit plan? What is your conservative exit plan for a line of credit? And I know I hear a lot of chatter in our community. I see women saying, oh, I'm going to use a line of credit to buy this rental. Okay. Well, if you do that, you might, you really, really need to be a complete value add, meaning you're adding so much value that when you refinance or sell, that line of credit can get paid back in full, plus the, exactly. the interest and the amount of money that's going to cost you. Conservatively, had we done that every time, I I don't think we would have gotten into the situation that we did. It's very simple, actually. I just, you know, when you're you're getting going and you're learning and you read all these great books about buying, 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 you 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 know, our naivety didn't serve us well. And you know, being a little I have um, a quick question for you. Because I know you, so I know that you carry that in your back throughout those years. It's like uh your invisible friend. You, yeah. you, you carry that with you. And that must be a really like good relief for you to make sure that the, they're paid off and everything. But what made you guys not give up? Because, you know, you're you're sharing like several things that were not going right. And you're like, wow, this is this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What, what made you you guys do not like give up and say uh, real estate? Thanks, but no tanks. Yeah, that's a really good question. I was talking to my husband about it this morning. You know, you're kind of celebrating the last piece of this because there was one big piece, especially your mom, you know, mother-in-law, of course, getting emotional. Yeah. I think that's just how I am. But I think the key in, in not giving up is you you do have successes. So if, if we hadn't had any successes, there wasn't any wins, literally like you're just driving yourself into like several millions of dollars in debt and nothing, there's no shining light. There's no project that went well. And you, you can see it. I think that really allowed us, number one, we were beholden to a lot of people and a, not a lot of people. We're really our, 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 quite honestly, the majority of this was our, our two parents, yeah. uh, my, my mom and dad and my, my husband's um, mom at the time. So, I mean, they are like our, you know, heroes, right? So yeah, you're going to make that whole. And I had this conversation with him this morning. It's funny because I said, had we not had some successes, not some, we'd had, we were really doing well with our multifamily focus. You know, once we started to get into the right projects and then you start to, you know, pull money together and say, okay, conservatively, what does this work? You know, everything kind of like, I feel like after 2010, we're really good calls. We're really good decisions. The right markets at the right time. I mean, we, we have never lost an investor's money. 
ever, ever in the in the tenure that we've had. And I'm really proud of that. And in probably 90% of it, they've always gotten all of their, you know, the agreed upon interest. And there's been like one or two times that they had to take a little bit of a less than just one project, one project out of all of our projects. So I'm really, really proud of that. And so I guess what I'm what I'm saying is I guess for me, it's like you really just don't give up and you start to have some success and go, okay, these were decisions we made at that point. That's not who we are today. Let's shift and pivot. But if we, yeah, if we kept making the wrong calls, I, I, I believe we would have just made it right and moved on to a new business. I, I think that makes logical sense, in my opinion, because how can you keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again? It's like the definition of an insanity. And there Absolutely. is times to pull a plug and there's times to keep going. And we just... I, we saw that we saw parts of what we were doing working and working really well. And the other things like going, getting, you know, buying properties and not financially being stewards of like, okay, this is a long-term hold, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I it think does. It, yeah. you, you learn from your experience and you evolved, right? You guys both worked on our, your personal development as well. So I think it's a combination of things and celebrating the wins and seeing that light, at the end of the tunnel. I know so that this conservative now yeah. <laughs> from a underwriting perspective and from a sure. getting into projects perspective, you know, Absolutely. I don't know if I'm necessarily my personality conservative. I love that. And I know that this could be like a, an hour and a half conversation about it <laughs> that I want to have it. But for, for you guys that are listening, this is what we have today. So look at, look at your experience, pivot, uh, celebrate your wins. Don't forget about looking the shiny light and rely on, on this community. We are here to support you. Let our experience be the examples and the learning lessons so you yes. don't have to go through the same thing. Make Hope sure you enjoyed running, this episode. Yes, and run, make sure you run your numbers conservatively. So, so important. And just get insight into those numbers. If you're not sure, have other people that know that market and know that asset, have your back. So with that, have a great day. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.